Welcome to the Part-Time Outdoors Podcast. Hosted by Matt Noss and Nate Wright. Welcome to episode 24, Part-Time Outdoors. Today we have Ron Phillips, longtime bird dog guy, and uh, we're at his house out in the foothills of Appalachia, and uh, good good, good uh, place to get out and do some hunting, and Ron, we appreciate you having us on. Today we also have Jed Guthrie with us from the previous episode. You guys probably remember Jed, and uh, Ron, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got into bird dogs, and uh, how, you, how long you've been doing it. Oh, well, I... Uh, let's see, I've been doing it for quite some time, but I got into it whenever I was about nine years old. Um, my grandfather, um, Perry Phillips, he he had bird dogs. He had he had an old English setter that was probably 14, 15 years old when I was nine, and a real old uh, black lab. And uh, I ended up my my parents ended up separating, and my mom uh, kind of just you know set uh, trying to raise kids. She she asked my granddad if uh, if I could live with them, which was which was just some of the greatest years of my life. Um, school not so much, <laughs> because uh, my uh, you know I'd go to school over the hill here in Beverly, and uh, my granddad would come and get me out of school. He'd come sign me out. He'd be like on his way going hunting. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go get. And everybody calls me Ronnie. He said, I'm just going to go get Ronnie. And he, you know, I get called to the office, and my aunt. Uh, his daughter worked there and, uh, you know, she hated it, but, you know, so we'd take off and we'd, we'd, we'd take the, uh, we'd take the dogs and, uh, we'd go hunting and, um, fishing, trapping. I mean, I just never seen school. I don't know how I passed, but, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, that's how I got into, that's how I got into grouse hunting. We hunted all these, uh, these areas around where I live now and, uh, back in the sixties, uh, you know, quite some time ago. But um, anyhow, I mean, I killed my first grouse over that, over his dog named Jack, uh, which was a kind of, he wasn't a big Ryman setter. Back in the day, I don't know if you guys know this or not, the Ryman's weren't that big. They were, they were you know, more like the Llewellyn's, um, maybe just a little bit bigger, longer coat, I think. But uh, um, I struggled. I had, I had to use a 16, I'll tell you, I had to use this, this 16 gauge hammer gun it was an old ivory johnson you know what i mean 30 inch barrel (laughs) you know because you never forget the first one you knock down you always remember the gun yeah and uh so but my granddad he all he had this you know the stevens double barrel 16 gauge you know which of course has a safety on the top no hammer or any of that crap and uh but anyhow i try to you know grouse would come up you have a nine-year-old imagine you know trying to cock a hammer get the gun up and shoot a grouse and i was just so frustrated and uh my granddad was his knees were going bad. He was getting old. He was he worked a railroad for years, coal mines, and uh, we had the little honey hole, which was a which was a Christmas tree uh, farm that kind of grew up, uh, you know, overgrown, and uh, you know, there's always grouse in there. So uh, my granddad pulls these old station wagons. You remember the old station wagons mm-hmm. with the wood siding? You know, it was like. Yep. A, land yacht you and, and everybody in the back of it yeah <laughs> the dogs kids all of his gear his fishing stuff and everything never left that truck that uh that station wagon so he pulls up and he's like you know take jack take my gun walk up the road you know just walk up the road 
So I remember, you know, going up the road and, and back then we had bells. Of course, everybody had two, three bells on a dog. And, uh, you know, you hear the, you know, <clears throat> the old jingle, 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 you know, and, uh, man, I, you know, I heard it stop and I'm like, oh, I was so excited. And, uh, so I go up there. I never did see, the, I never seen the dog on point in the pines, but started walking up there and man, this grouse busted up and bad for his luck. Cause he got hung up a little bit in the, in the pines, you know, sitting there that old, you know, flutter <laughs> trying to get out. And I just let him have it with my granddad's 16 gauge, you know, and, uh, uh, I, was, I was like, man, dog comes back with that grouse. I was like, I was on cloud and I was hooked. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you never had a chance. You were hooked ever since. Hooked, you know. Uh, so I wanted a bird dog bad. I mean, real bad. And, um, and uh, of course, you know, we, we didn't ha you didn't buy a kibble back then. You know, you fed your dogs whatever scraps you had left over. And my dad had rabbit biggles. Of course, my granddad had rabbit biggles too and a coon hound. The coon hound was for making money. We... We would, I mean, I don't know how many coon hides we would, we would put up, but we'd put a bunch up, you know, and get five to twenty bucks depending on the size, and uh, that was money. And uh, you know, so an extra dog in the house was just, you know, just too many dogs. But my granddad, um, you know, kind of shamed my dad into it, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> my dad's like, "Okay, get out of there." My dog's getting underneath the table there. Getting Grandpa's there. have a good way of, you know, <laughs> yeah, getting a grandson anything he wants. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, my <clears throat> one of my dad's friends from Pennsylvania had an accidental litter of uh, Irish setters, actually a, a good Irish setter hunting line, and a ramen or not a ramen, a uh, um, oh shoot, what's the dark hairy with the brown tufts? Um, trying to think. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, he was an ugly, ugly puppy. Really wasn't a pretty puppy at all. Um, a Gordon setter. Oh, Gordon. So, yeah. so he had a ridge back. He had this. He had. He was kind of. He was kind of rusty red, with dark brown and a ridge back. Tufts on his eyes, and you know, just wasn't a pretty dog. But uh, man, he was my dog. He's my bird dog, and. Uh, I had no idea how to train a bird dog, but back then it really didn't matter, really. I, we had so many grouse, so many woodcock. We had so many quail. Um, you know, a kid just with a shotgun and a dog out in the, you know, just running the wilds of West Virginia, man. You know, when you could, you could literally flush, if you tried to, 60, 70 grouse in a day. So your dog was going to get all the, all the birds they wanted to. All you needed to, to do is, is basically kind of put some brakes on your pup. And uh, that's how I got into it, man. And I, I love that dog. And we, he was one of the best dogs. I, I, he was really a really good dog. Wasn't much to look at. He always retrieved his birds. Laid flat on the ground when he was on point. That's, you know, the old kind of sitter kind of mentality, I guess. And uh, he flagged heavily. So um, I didn't leave, really, I didn't even have a bell on the dog. I, because he really never hunted that far out. But... If he kind of got out of sight where you couldn't see him, you could always hear that tail swish, 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 swish. You know, so you just go right on into it and uh, and you know shoot the birds. And uh, of course, you know before my actually my grandfather passed away whenever I was twelve. But before then, we used to go up to Canaan Valley, and my dad would put a camper up at Canaan Valley and uh, skip school again for a week. <laughs> 
and we'd bird hunt. And, and I got into bow hunting a lot too with a couple of my buddies and my older brother. And, uh, but we'd, we'd bow hunt in the morning and then we'd grouse hunt in the afternoon, Woodcock and Canaan Valley, you know, 12 year old kids, you know, with shotguns and dogs out there just, you know, having a, having a time of our lives. And, uh, so that's how I kind of got into my own bird dogs. And then, and then as you know, teenagers, you know, you start getting interested in girls and cars and all that kind of stuff. So kind of got away from bird dogs until, um, later on. And, and, uh, I was in the air force and, uh, and, uh, moved to Michigan to the UP of Michigan, you know, uh, what are the odds of a bird hunter being, you know, randomly drawn in the United States Air Force to be put at Chaos Sawyer Air Force Base in Michigan, right in the middle of grouse country, you know. So it didn't take me very long to, to realize that, you know what, I got to have another bird dog. So, uh, so I started looking for a bird dog. Now, I'm married, got a young kid, you know, young baby like you two, yeah. you know. So, uh, really don't need a bird dog, but I, I, I wanted a bird dog. So I started looking around all the gas stations around had, you know, the little, uh, tabs, on, you know, on the wall that said, you know, got a litter of this pup or a litter of that pup. Of course, back then it's all setters, right? It's all setters and Britneys. There's, you know, I mean, those are your bird dogs in West Virginia, kind of the same way, predominantly setters. So, so I get up there and I'm looking at several, several litters of setters and, and, uh, you know, looking at the prices, and I'm like, man, I make $600 a month, and a $250 puppy <laughs> is just, you know, I worth mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife was definitely <laughs> oh, on yeah. board. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 When we're living paycheck to paycheck, you know. Um, so I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know, but, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm still just, we're just, we're just kind of like walking around hunting, putting them up and stuff like that. And, you know, that's fine, but it's still not the same as having a dog, you know what I mean, on point. Something about a dog going on point on a bird just really, you know, just makes it. So a uh, couple of my buddies, a good friend of mine, uh, Justin Dunkerson, uh, he's from Arkansas, from Bono, Arkansas, big quail hunter. And, uh, you know, so we're out we're out doing it. Clark, Clark uh, was with us in the – we're out one afternoon and we're just putting birds up and it's it's about an hour before dark and uh, we're walking out of the woods and this this car pulls up and this guy uh pulls up beside us like hey did you guys hunt this and we're like yeah we just he's you know the, you could just see the disappointment on his eyes like somebody's just <laughs> found his you know his honey hole you know what i mean yep. a couple you know a few young guys you know and they just destroyed his place and uh, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, he he opens up his truck and he drop he drops out these these dogs as, you know it's like something happened to their tails they were like froze off or something you know what you know they're coon dogs you know and I'm like well what you know what what are you hunting snowshoe hare or something and he's like no look, these are grouse dogs and I'm like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> you know all I've ever seen my whole life was a setter you know and a, and a very few Britneys and uh, He's like, would you guys want to go with me? I'm just going to go back through here, you know, just live over the, you know, basically just half a mile away, and I'm just going to hit this on my way home from work. He was trying to get that limit up. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys want to come? So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to go, you know. I mean, I, so I went with him, and and I think 
I think um, Hannah was the dog's name, and she pointed like 15 grouse in that patch of aspen that we just walked through. Three of us moved. I think we flushed maybe one or two birds. And uh, I was like, and she was so impressive, man. I mean, she was just a machine. And I was like, I have to have one of those dogs. I, I mean, they just, you know, I have to have one of those dogs. And uh, he goes, well, he says, you know, I bred Hannah to a friend of mine, Max, and uh, dogs Max, and he is one hell of a He's way better than Hannah. And I'm like, what? I have to have one of those pups. And uh, he's like, well, he said, I've got 11 puppies spoken for already. I've already got deposits. And I'm like, well, what do you sell one of those? What, you know, what do you, what, how much is those pups? What do you sell a pup for? He said, he said, that's 250 bucks. And that was a, kind of the standard rate back then for, you know, good now bird dog. Like now it's like 1000 Oh, yeah. 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 You, I mean, you could, you could find one for 50 bucks mm -hmm. or, you know, but you didn't know really, you know, what you were getting into. And I'm like, oh, man. So I told him, I said, I want one. Put me on the list. And he's like, well, he said, sometimes these short hairs have 12 pups or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, the odds are not good that, you know, that you'll get one. But sometimes guys, you know, don't come through or whatever. But I'll, I'll, I'll keep you on the list. We get, we you know, we give information back and forth to each other. And uh, so I'm like, now I'm in a dilemma. I got to come up. I got to come up with a deposit on the dog. And how do I break this to my wife without, you know, because I didn't ask her, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, ah, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have one of these. It's just not going to happen. 12 pups, it's just not going to happen. But uh, the more I kept thinking about it, you know, I've, you know, I've done committed. I get my word. So I'm, I'm kind of, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the NCOs, in my squadron, you know, we're talking about having a good laugh about it. And he's like, he's like, do you have any credit? You have a checking account? No. You have a savings account? No. You have a credit card? No. You have a gas card? No. And we do everything in cash. You know what I mean? And he's like, well, he said, why don't you go to the, the Air Force Credit Union down here on base, go in there and, and get yourself a line of credit. Start, you know, get a, a signature loan and, and that'll, you know, 250 bucks, and you can pay for the dog. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. So I go to the credit union and ask for a signature loan, you know. Of course, this guy, you know, he's like, you have to be in the military because how everybody treats you if you're, you know, the lower <laughs> rank you are, you know, he's, he's, he gives me that, he gives me that stare that's born, you know, hole right through me. What do you need a signature loan for, Airman? You know? And uh, I was like, well, you're going to laugh at me, but you know, there's this guy that has these bird dogs, and I want, I want a puppy. I want a puppy real bad. And uh, so he says, he says, hang on a second. He gets up and leaves, and then he brings this other guy back with him. He says, now go ahead and tell us this story again. <laughs> and, and I knew they were going to get a good laugh out of it. And uh, so anyhow, he comes back. He says, hey, look. Uh, the signature loan, the lowest we'll give you is $600. He said, um, now, what, what we're going to give you this loan, 
And I want you to do what I want you to do is is I want you you know write you a check for two hundred fifty bucks. He said you go pay for your puppy. He said then then I'll take take there's there's a uh, there's a, a Winchester semi-automatic shotgun. It's uh, it's like twenty six inch barrels on it. it. Had the screw in chokes and everything. It was sitting at, down at the BX, and he'd had his eyes on it. And uh, he said it's like a hundred hundred bucks. He said, I'm going to write you a check for that gun. You go down and you buy that gun because you're going to need a good gun with a good dog. He said, then the rest of the money I'm going to put in a checking account, and I'm going to keep the account. You're not going to have access to it because I know you're not going to make a payment, and whenever you miss a payment, I'll make the payment for you. You know, He said, but that, that's how we're going to do this. And I was like, man, I was, on, I was like on cloud nine. Of course, not thinking about how I'm going to make payments, but <laughs> I'm getting a puppy and a shotgun, so life's good. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get any better. Of course, my wife still doesn't know anything about this, right? I thought you were still. going to say six hundred dollars. I'm getting two puppies, <laughs> <laughs> so so I don't know how to break it to her, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's it's probably not going to happen. But I'm going to have a shotgun, then I'll just you know just let that other money that's there go back, and and I'm and I know that. Uh, that Saunders Schaefer give me my check back for the puppy, you know, if it didn't come through. Well, what happens in the military is there's this thing called deployment. <laughs> so, so unbeknownst to me, I show up at work and hey, you know, Airman, you're getting deployed to Texas, and I'm like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> so off to Texas I go, you know, for for months on end, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, my wife. We, you know, we, we don't have cell phones back then either. And, you know, you call maybe every other day or whatever. And I'm talking to my wife and she says, when did you buy a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, okay. He said, well, some woman showed up and called me first. She Some woman called me and said that you needed to come and get, he needed to come and get his puppy. Well, of course, I didn't know that. I had no idea that the, that she had 12 puppies or what the deal was because I just kind of assumed I wasn't going to get this puppy. And uh, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm a little bit upset my wife found out this way, but in the back of my <laughs> mind, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so she, well, I'm telling it, she's going, it's, you're not getting this puppy. You know, it's going to come back. Well, problem is, is she... She ran into Cindy Saundershaper, the woman uh, who had the puppies. Her husband had the puppies, and she was just as as determined as my wife that I was taking this puppy. <laughs> it's like you. She told my wife, "She you already paid for this puppy," which you know set my wife off. And she come to the base, got on base, brought the puppy to my to my house, and dropped it off with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> So here my wife is trying to, you know, got a baby, you know, young young baby, four, maybe four years old, something like that, three, four years old, trying to take care of that, plus a, a puppy that needs to be potty trained on base housing in a military housing, you know, which is crazy. And uh, and I'm in Texas. But uh, uh, I end up coming home, and she, she, my wife kept telling me, you're taking this puppy back, you're selling it, you're getting rid of it, whatever. But I end up coming home. I end up flying back. Uh, caught a caught a flight back on a B fifty two, and uh, about two o'clock in the morning, I get home, and I go into my house, and I and I'm I'm like ready to you know face the 
face the fireworks. You know what I mean? She's fallen in love with it. She already fell in love with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I come, I come in home, I come home, I open up the door and I go in the house and, um, we had wooden floors in that, in, in that base housing. And, uh, I hear a little pitter patter, you know, and, uh, you know, usually my, my son, you know, come, you know, whatever time he'd come and see me. But, uh, you know that late at night, but I heard I heard the little footsteps of a of a puppy down the steps. You know what I mean. And then the lights come on, and here comes my wife, and here come you know here come this little fuzzball German short hair pointer man, just the cutest thing. Um, she was all white with just like ticking and liver head with a blaze on it, and my wife was like, you know, uh, I, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> But what? she's so stinking cute, you know. <laughs> I hate you, but I love the puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just the smartest thing, you know. Just, you know, just a lovey dog. But uh, that's how I got into short hairs is, awesome. is uh, for, through fracas. And uh, then my life changed forever. And she was she was one of the most hard-headedest short hairs. And oh, she had so much energy. She had, oh my gosh, so much drive, but she had so much point too. And, uh, I had never experienced anything like that before. Uh, you know, with the bird dogs I had ever had experience with, they weren't, they just didn't range out. They just weren't like this. This dog, this dog would hit two, 300 yards. Like it was nothing, you know, I mean, just a speed demon. And of course we had bells. I mean, that's the only thing you can keep track of a dog with. And it was hard to keep track with her, of course, like, you know, constantly, you know, kind of bringing her back. And I had no idea how to train a bird dog. I mean, none, zero. You know, all the, all the dogs I ever had, we just took them hunting and they kind of learned on their own. And uh, so I had, I had, you know, called Mike Saunders Schaefer and I'm like, help, help, <laughs> you know, this, this dog's killing me. I'm, I'm losing my mind. And, uh, and so, you know, he give us, he gave me some pointers and he, uh, and I forget what book it was. He got me a book. He, he actually uh, gave me a book on how to train German short-haired pointers. And um, it was really, it really opened my eyes. Uh, you know, that's where I started training bird dogs. But, uh, man, and what a bird dog. She, once, once, we, once we got her reined in a little bit, <laughs> and, uh, you know, <clears throat> there, there wasn't a bird safe. There, it just, there wasn't a bird safe. Your limit was five five grouse a day in Michigan, and that was easy, easy back. Uh, it was nineteen, it was nineteen eighty five, and uh, of course you know West Virginia still had a ton of birds too. But nineteen eighty five, in the UP of Michigan was just a wonderful time to be alive. And uh, and with a bird dog like her, um, you know we didn't. You know the other thing is we didn't. You know, we didn't go out and buy pigeons or quail or any of that stuff to train your bird dogs because it was just so many wild birds. So we would just, we would just, we would just go, you know, wait, you know, of course you, you would, you'd have to wait in, until September, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, but, um, a little bit later, but, uh, I literally would just take and drive down the old two, what they call two tracks in the UP, just drive down a two track, you know? And in an afternoon, you might see, you know, eight to 20 grouse or woodcocks coming into grit. So, man, you just, you see that grouse on the side of the road, just let him walk into the woods a little bit, throw the pup out, you know. 
kind of teach themselves at that yeah. point. Yeah, you just just throw the pup out and down the road you go and 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 it does a couple of different things because a lot of times the grouse will run 10, 20 yards into the side of the, you know, in the cover off the side of the road. And that teaches the dog to get off the road and you know, when it hits a sense, run down the road, ooh, hey, whoa, whoa, what's that smell? You know, now boom, off the road, go in and point that grouse. If it doesn't point to grouse, then it's, ah, oh, gum it, you know, <laughs> and uh, stack them up, blow them up, you know, and, and it doesn't take very long. Were and, the grouse as spooky back then as they are oh, now? Yeah. yeah. Same thing? Yeah, they were just as spooky. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think they ran as much. I think grouse run much. It, it, to me, and, and maybe it's because there were so many grouse that you, you had more grouse that didn't. Than, than what do. I, I, I don't really know about that, but it just seems to me like today's grouse, and it doesn't matter whether I'm, you know, upstate Pennsylvania or UP of Michigan or here in West Virginia, it just seems like the grouse run, you know, they just seem to, and it might, it might not be true, but it just seems like they run a little bit more than what they used to. And, uh, but it, you know, it is what it is. Um, the dogs, the more exposure a dog has to, to running grouse, the better they are, the better they will learn to handle those running grouse. Um, I've kind of, I kind of adopted my breeding a little bit to, and to get away from the dogs that, that nose track on the ground because of it. Um, and, and I know I know a lot of the a lot of the tests the hunt tests and stuff like put a lot of emphasis on the tracking, and I, you know just it just seems like I hunt with those guys that have a lot of those dogs that have a lot of that, and I and I have a dog over there that she comes from that kind of thing. Um, they they have that nose on the ground too much as they're tracking the grouse, and they're not bringing it up to get that you know to to scent check that air. Um, and they end up getting too close to a grouse and, and bumping the grouse, you know. Uh, when there's not a lot of grouse to teach the dog, hey, that's, you know, you're, you're bumping too many grouse, it's hard for that dog to ever learn not to do that. So I've kind of adopted, I'm looking for dogs that have higher heads, you know, that, 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 that stretch that nose out. They don't put it down on the ground, but they stretch that nose out and uh, and usually whenever they establish point, if you pay attention, you'll notice they have a high head or you know, pointing that head up. They're they're in that they're, you know they're in that scent, and they're not on that ground scent. If that makes sense to you, and and I you know it, and and I notice a lot of pheasant dogs, a lot of pheasant dogs out in Kansas, really good pheasant dogs. They they they're the same way. They, they they don't go down and you know down and up, down and up, down and up. That head is up. The head is up, and they're you know, they're pushing that nose like they're always pushing that nose. If you look at them, they look like they're pushing that nose. They're always trying to push that nose further out than any part of their body. Those dogs, to me, um, seem to make the best um, grouse dogs. So that's kind of where I, that's kind of how my my thought process is. So when I breed a dog, I'm always looking for a dog. You know, always you know looking for dogs that have that that high head. And I also find out that these dogs that that are that are like that, and I don't. I don't care if it's a Brittany. I don't care if it's a, a, a pointer, a setter. It doesn't really matter. Um, those dogs, if you pay attention, and, and you'll find out that those dogs 
always seem to do much better on grouse uh, than all the other dogs. Um, so it's just kind of one of the key factors I look for in when I'm breeding a dog. And, um, of course, you know, nose is number one, confirmation. Um, you're always looking for that kind of thing when you breed a dog. Um, temperament. But uh, I think the one of the number one factors is is I'm, I like that higher head in a dog. It just maybe it, it's BS, but... Have you noticed, like, any correlation with, like, higher head dogs? And I know it's kind of, it comes with experience, but especially on, like, the running pheasant and, and some of the running grouse where they'll kind of pick up and, and notice that, hey, this, this scent's kind of running away from me, and they'll kind of get out in front of it and try to pinch the bird between yeah. you and the dog. Is that is that a learned behavior? Is that just experience? Can you teach that, or is that I think, breeding? I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's a learned behavior, actually, and I, I think it goes all the way back. I think it really goes back to genetics to um, when the first dogs hunt and pack, and you get one dog establishes the, the, the point, and then they would, you know, like a you know, covey, they, you know, they would track those that covey, and then eventually, you know, they, they try to surround that covey and pinch it and then work in on it. And then, as the covey only had one option, was to go straight up, and then they could, they could, they could all the dogs could bust in, and and grab a bird. So I, I kind of think it, it's kind of it com, comes from that. It, it's back there. It's in their head. It's in, it's in their genetics, and uh, it, you know, constantly exposure to running birds, running birds, running birds, running birds, running birds, and they, they kind of figure that out. And you know, I mean, I've seen it, and it doesn't matter whether it's a you know, grouse or, or pheasants, more so pheasants because it's open ground. Uh, I've seen it on a couple of quail, cubbies of quail that were running, you know, down a draw and then, you know, dog breaks out, goes down, you know, 200 yards and then hits that, hits that, you know, and, and starts working back and st actually start pointing. You know, they're not smelling a bird, but, they, you know, you can see them, you know. They know it's there. They know it's there. So they stop point, stop point, stop point. Well, these maybe two dogs here are, are you know, are actually working the scent, you know. And uh, I've seen that too. So, and I had I had one that was I had a short hair that uh, that that was really good at it. Um, actually, Fracas, that my first short hair, she was really good at that too. She would actually do it by herself on on just a single dog. She would she would break that 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 contact on scent, and and she would skirt that and then come back. Well, she used to do it on skunks. She used to piss me off, but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then I had I had a dog and his name was Thor that I got uh, off of a guy out in Pennsylvania, and uh, and he was really good at it. He was really good at it in Kansas. He was it was he was just excelled at it, and uh, especially in the shorter grass. If we if we got pheasants in the short grass or in in a uh, wheat field, you know something like that, or high stubble wheat field or something like that, and you know how it is. You guys go out there. You know oh, yeah. you might have. 10 to 50 pheasants running, you know, out in the field. And we talked earlier about, you know, how the hens will start popping. Yep. And then next thing you know, the roosters are out, of, just out of shotguns, you know, they're gone. He was really good about that. And, and he was an all white dog. He's a big white dog. And he'd, he'd run out and he'd, 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 he'd like flash sideways, flash sideways to me, you know, like pointing, but he'd be looking left or right. And, and I knew that was, he was, he was going out there and he's putting his, his big white body up there out, you know, 300 yards out, flash, 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 you know, back and forth. 
and he was blocking. He was actually, you know, blocking those birds. Now he might have been hitting scent, but I don't think so. But we'd, he'd trap those. We'd, we ended up trapping those those birds, and a lot of times he would run down like, you know, we'd you'd work the edge of a crop field and trying to pinch into the corner, and we'd be two hundred yards back from that corner, and and we'd be working birds on you know, how pheasants. You'd be working like, you'd be like all the dogs are like creek point, point, creek, creek point, creek point, and you know you're trapping birds. You know they're there. They're, they're in the corner, and things are about to happen. And you're 200 yards out, man. He would, he would, he would shoot out left or right, make this big arch. And, and at first, I, you know, he'd be like, oh, man, get back here, come. And then I was like, you know, hey, dummy, wait a second. He's smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Let him do it. He'd, he'd, he'd make that big circle. He'd bolt out, and he'd get down in that corner, and, and he'd do the same thing. He wasn't looking back at you going point what you'd think, you know, looking at the birds, but he'd, he'd do that, you know, slam that point out there, Maybe maybe a quick movement, you know, that real quick boom back on point again, and then as you got down there, his head would start turning, and he start, and then you knew he was on the scent. You know, there was a bird there, and uh, so he's really really good at it. Um, that was a good explanation. I mean, I've I've thought about it. I have one dog that does it, where he'll get out in front of him, he'll pinch him, but I've always wondered he was raised initially on pheasants. He didn't start with grouse, and my other dog that doesn't do it started with grouse. Of course, the exposure is not as much. And I always wondered if that was just kind of in their in their DNA, or if that was because he started with pheasants and the other one didn't. But that was that was a good explanation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like it's in it's it's in there, it's in the dog. It, it's like pointing a bird. It's in there, and and it just just exposure is what brings that out. I think is what it is. Yeah, I think that is the best advice like I ever got. Like with my first dog Max, is like you know uh, two things is like. You know, as much time and energy you put into your dog, like your dog's going to be as good as you want it to be. Like if you put the time and energy into the dog and, and, um, you know, give it birds. And, and and I know this is kind of like a, I don't know, a a topic, you know, people can argue. Like I did a lot of hunting uh, preserves at first because, Mm um, one, I was new to training a dog. I could kind of control, you know, my dog on birds if, if need be. And also he was getting birds versus, you know, spending weeks in, you know, the mountains hunting grouse and also it's like trust your dog. Like once he gets to the point or, you know, her, like where they're pointing and, and doing well, like, like you said, like, you know, your dog went 200 yards out and you're like, get back here. Like, what are you doing? Well, like trust that dog because that right. dog's a lot. My dogs have taught me way more about bird hunting than I have ever taught them or I ever will, you know, and, and it's pretty cool. Like once you put faith into that dog and just watch what they do, you're like, Man, I just need to keep my mouth shut and let you know let them yeah. do their thing. Yep. Do as, as a trainer, do yourself a favor. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> if you can learn to keep your mouth shut <laughs> as much as possible, you 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 do really good. Um, do your found do your yard work. Do yep. your foundation work. Um, get your dog so it's 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 steady. That's that's a huge thing. Is get your dog steady. Um, I mean, there's tons of avenues to get to to get there. Um, if I if I give a young guy that's starting out um, any advice is uh, is that collar that e collar is not a cure all make all fix all that that those things those things if you don't know what you're doing you will take probably you could take the the, the best dog in the world the most fantastic bird dog and ruin it in one day one one push of the button if you don't know what you're doing one push of the button 
and, and, and you just had a fantastic grouse dog and you just ruined it. You were given a perfect grouse dog and because you didn't know what you were doing with a knee collar, you screwed that dog up for forever. Um, so the best thing, the best thing I could tell anybody that gets a, a, a puppy and has no idea about how to train that dog is, is to get with somebody that does, uh, get with somebody that does. And then I also want to, I also want to urge caution because don't get with, don't get with the guy that has only trained hard-headed bird dogs like my first bird dog <laughs> <laughs> because because the the other thing is his experience in training a dog is is only to be you know overbearing on that dog and uh that you know that you 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 can really ruin a a, a bird dog that way too um and i've seen it i've seen all this stuff so be smart Think everything through. You cannot overpraise a dog. Uh, you you know you know everybody says you know you get more with honey. You know you can try you can draw more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Um, that is very very true. You cannot overdo you cannot overdo praise on a on a puppy. Um, you can overdo you know discipline. Um, and I'm not saying that you don't you you don't need to be disciplined a puppy, but you got to be very 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 careful in what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> it's okay for the puppy to make mistakes. The puppy's going to make mistakes. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. You have to be extremely patient with that puppy, because the last thing you want to do is, like I said, lose your temper and ruin that puppy. So um, I try I try to emphasize that as much as I can, and and I have made those mistakes. That's why I'm I'm, I'm talking from experience, you know, um, you know you, you train your first bird dog, that bird dog like Frakes, you know she could take she could take being yelled at and all that stuff. She's like yeah really okay whatever, <laughs> you know she'd roll her eyes back whatever give you that give you that short hair smack of the lip, you know whatever, you know, and go right and do it again, you know. Uh, but uh, experience has taught me, and I try to pass this on because I didn't have I didn't have as much resources as what we have today. We have the Internet. We have, uh, you know, NAVDA, which, which I, really, I really enjoy. I really like that. I really like their, the way they, they, you know, they have schools and training, and, and everybody I've met is more than willing to help you, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, take you down that path and train you. Really, that's, I think NAVD is pretty much more, they're more about training the trainer than they are, you know, training the dog, and then they let you do that. Um, I was in field trialing a lot, too, uh, with NASTRA, and I really like that, that, that field trial format, too. They kind of went off, they kind of veered off, you know, in a different direction than what I like, but I think they're back on that track. Um, one thing I kind of, I kind of hesitant about those dogs over, you know, 30 years of watching, watching a lot of dogs excel in that game, kind of the same way with that bird dog challenge kind of thing too, is, um, and it, and it kind of goes back to the, the test dogs. Uh, you see a lot of dogs, you know, could have great ground coverage, 
you know, they, they do really good, but they run right up on the bird and they get really close. And guys want that now because, because if the dog points, you know, he's out, you know, it's, it's time trial. So a dog points a bird and you're out in a, in, and it's 30, 40 yards away, points a, points a quail. Now that guy has to dig around in that grass back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The dog has to hold point. Maybe there's a dog with some, you know, the guy's getting the back and he's on her. And, and, and it takes a lot of time to find it. It takes a lot of time maybe the, to get that, that quail that's thatched down in the, grout, in the grass, you know, 20 yards away. And may have to relocate twice to, to find that bird. So now I see a lot of dogs, you know, they're, they're fantastic dogs, but they, they run up on that bird and they're pointing it two feet away, three feet away. Yeah, it doesn't work on wild birds. Doesn't work on grouse at all. Doesn't work on pheasant. You know, but you can quail. You can get you can, you know Kansas quail. You know, once you bust up a covey, but you don't get a covey either that way. So, uh, it, it kind of concerning thing that kind of concerns me a little bit whenever I look at when I look at those when I look at those dogs. So always kind of look when I look at those dogs, and I like those dogs. And I look for those dogs in my breeding whenever I'm looking. But if if you're in that game. I want to go hunting with you. I want to go hunting with that dog, you know. And I found some very fantastic dogs. Matter of fact, um, another guy, uh, Jeremiah Moore. You guys know him? Um, I've heard the name, but I don't. Well, he's <coughs> he's uh, he's he's a bird dog trainer. He come from Ohio, and he, he's uh, he has some really fantastic German Shorts. I think he still does. I think my son Justin still talks to him every now and then. But uh, he had a he had a really good you know, bird dog that was in, he was into that kind of game, you know, in the bird dog challenge and he'd won several nationals with this dog. And I was really interested in him. And I was like, I was looking for a, a, a stud dog for, for a dog that I had that was a fantastic grouse dog that I got off of, uh, uh, old Frank Williams down here, uh, at the fish hatchery. And we talked about some really good dogs. He had some really good dogs. Well, anyhow, Gracie, the puppy I got, that's one I was wanting to breed, and I was looking for a stud, but I wanted a grouse dog. Um, kind of got, I kind of got sidetracked in some of this field trial stuff, and it really just didn't work out. You know, they were they were okay, they were good bird dogs, they just weren't great grouse dogs. They're fantastic pheasant dogs, fantastic quail dogs in Kansas. Yeah, they were great on woodcock, but grouse they were they were fifty percent dog. And uh, so a guy said, hey, this Jeremiah Moore has one hell of a grouse dog. And, you know, he does all these trial things. So I met up with him. We hooked up. And uh, we, went, we went grouse hunting a couple times. And I was like, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a good, solid 90% grouse dog. And, uh, you know, then he has all this, you know, this backing. So we went ahead and we went ahead and bred and and had one hell of a litter. There wasn't one. There was actually that's Artemis over here and, and Bell, and Justin, my son's uh, dog Aspen. And there was so many. Uh, every pup out of that litter, she had she had eleven in that litter, and every one of them was a ninety percent grouse dog. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of got me started on that path of of just looking for grouse dogs. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I go back, but I'll. Um, when we talk about a lot of grouse hunters, you know, you talk about percentage. What's well, he said a fifty percent grouse dog, or he said a ninety percent grouse dog. What are you talking about? So it's 
it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to explain. We put it in percentages because if you take if you take a dog and you go out into the woods grouse hunting, and you come in contact with ten grouse, the dog comes in contact with ten grouse. He points and holds nine of those grouse. One he mishandles. You know, be ninety percent. You go out. You know, in a in, in in crazy numbers, but if you go out and you find a hundred grouse, and that dog find you know finds holds and points ninety of those grouse, he's a ninety percent grouse dog, and it, and it's it's just it just kind of you know, any 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 number in between in a given day, but it's just day after day after day after day you go out into the woods grouse hunting, and you'll find that certain dogs just always seem to you know, find number one and produce grouse and hold them on point. And, uh, you just keep, keep your eye open for that. And then, and you know, you'll, you'll kind of, you'll kind of see which dogs raise to the top and you can kind of basically judge a dog by, by, you know, percentages of contact. That's interesting. I've never heard it put in percentages before of you. Uh, I've heard it put in percentages, uh, a few different times and, and, um, I started here or, or really hearing about it when I started looking for another dog in a guide alley because yeah. I originally was, you know, on the list for a dog uh, with Ron and uh, Jared. Um, oh, there were two dogs, and, of course, it, it just didn't work out. They didn't have enough fe- females, yeah. just just dumb luck there. Didn't, didn't have that litter of 12. Yeah, it didn't have a litter. <laughs> well, had had a nice litter, just one female, and I think I was third on the list, and I'm hoping and praying uh you know, I'm third on the list for this litter coming up here soon. Let's hope she has at least three. Like, and, and I told him, I'm like, well, if if she doesn't, like, put me down for a male too. I don't know how that works, but but I'm coming home with one of those dogs. And it, and I had a question for you about that too. Is, you know, so when I was in the process, when when I found out I wasn't getting a dog, uh, oh, your your guys is too. Um, man, I started like looking around everywhere, and and you know, um, I'm looking on. Of course, you know, Facebook now has, you know, right. people, people, you know, on the NAVDA site and it's like, you know, it, and even on like NAVDA's page and stuff, it's like, oh, NAVDA registered dogs. And then you get talking and, and their, their, um, their bloodline's phenomenal, like mm-hmm. grand or field champions and versatile and, champions. Uh, vers- yeah, versatile champions. And then like the UKC, the UKC stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, field champions and, and, you know, then you go talk to him and it's like, well, the siren dam, like, you know, can, can I go run with them? You have videos or anything? And they're like, oh, well, they've never hunted. Like, we don't hunt them. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not interested. But so when you're, say you're looking for a pup, like, you know, not all your dogs or, or whatever, like, what would be more desirable? What, would you be more desired to have, say, two dogs uh, that, that had a litter of pups that are, you know, are like proven grouse and woodcock and you can take them out west and they're going they're going to handle pheasant good well they're going to do quail well um you know would that be a more desirable dog to you versus a dog that is just loaded up you know we'll even say it does hunt like say it's a field trial dog and you know loaded up with you know great bloodline like out out of those uh two litters like what would be more desirable to you and like why it might piss some people off, but I would take a $50 puppy that come out of a, a, a known hunting line that produced birds that was, you know, that, that, that was proven producer of grouse, then I would 
all the titles in the world on hunt tester trials. Um, I know a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people, you know, judge their dogs by that. But I'm a hunter. Yep. You know, I mean, Same if thing. I was a trial, if I was a field trialer, and I was doing the na- uh, the Nastra stuff, you know, I would go out and I would look for for you know the the twenty and thirty time national shoot to retrieve champion, you know, breedings, and I would get a pup out of that. You know, that's what I would do. If if I wanted versatile champions, I would go out and find a you know a, a, a line of dogs that had you know eight ten versatile champions on uh, on the upside and downside. You know, that proves to me that you know that those dogs are are proven. They're gonna you know your odds of making a, a versatile champion or having a really good puppy to make a versatile champion out of that is very 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 good. You're you know, if you go out and you get a horseback field trial dog that's, you know, you know, 10, 20 times national, you know, champion, and they bred to that, your odds of getting a champion puppy out of that are very, very, very good. If I want to hunt grouse, and I, and I, I haven't hunted wild chuckers, but I think out of hunting all the different species of, of birds, and I'm talking rough grouse. I'm not talking about, you know, spruce grouse. Yeah, or blue grouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about rough grouse. And I'm talking predominantly Appalachia grouse, which are the hardest by far of any grouse. If your dog, if you got a bloodline of, of puppies, you know, that have four or five generations back of proven grouse dogs, and you're a hunter and you hunt grouse, it's a no-brainer. You, you know, go, go with that. I don't care if it's 50 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> You, you know, what you're not putting a title on a dog. You're just out having, you know, the time of your life with your dog pointing grouse. So that's my advice, I guess. That's that's why I'd look at it. Um, look, and, and, and it's getting harder and harder to find grouse dogs because there's no grouse, right? Yeah, that's so, the issue. You know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it was very you could you could find the cream of the crop. You had you had a lot to you had a lot to go by. You had a lot of of, of dogs out there that you could you could look at the breed to. It's getting very 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 hard to find good grouse dogs, um, and and you're very lucky because uh, you know you don't you know Briar's still alive. I don't you know you don't brag too much about him, but he's one hell of a grouse dog, and um, Hazel. Is just like him, yep. you know. This this one in a million dogs, grouse dogs, and uh, I got a, I got a son out of you know I got one out of the litter. I got a male out of that last litter out of him, and it was insane last year. He's two years old now, and it was insane last year when I put you know those two on the ground together. Matter of fact, I, I had a couple guys I hunted with was like, hey man, you got to put one of those dogs up because you're wearing me out. <laughs> They're actually wearing me out, you know. We, we, we go through a clear cut, and we're, we're talking pretty steep country, you know, we're on the back fork and stuff like that, and, um, you know, be, you know, 40, 50, 100 yards up, up the mountain, and I mean up the mountain, straight up, you know, got a dog on point, and then at the same time the GPS is going off, I got another dog 50, 100 yards straight down the mountain, straight down, I mean straight down the mountain, and you're like, all right, you go to him, I'll go to him, you know what I mean? And you, you pick the downhill or the uphill? I go, I, I go uphill. <laughs> I go, I go uphill because I know you have to come back up. <laughs> Unless you go down and you yell at your buddy and you say, "Hey, man, come on down here." <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of set down here. Yeah. Hey, come on down here. There's a nice road. <laughs> but uh, 
but no more than you get back together again, you, your GPS is going off and you got, you got the same thing again. Or, you know, or one's 50 yards up and the other one's 100 yards up, you know. So it's, it, it's, it was, was kind of insane. And then, you know, um, I think that, I think, I think that, that litter is pretty good. Plus, all the pups I know out of that litter that I know of, I, I can think of four right now that are, you know, they're, they're those 90, you yeah. know, 90, 95% grouse dogs. Yeah, that's what Jared was saying. Like, you know, we're, we've been talking back and forth, and he's like, he's like, man, like he said, they're, they're all hammers in the woods. Yeah. He, and, and like, to, to me, like, you know, in my point in my life, like, yeah, I want to do NAVDA so bad. I want to do NASTRA so bad. Like, like you know, while I'm at work or, or at home or whatever, I'm like, yeah, man, we're going to do this, this, and this. And But in reality, you know, I have a young daughter, have, you know, a wife, and, and you know, that's that's my main, you know, my main thing in life right now, making them happy and spending time with them. And luckily for me, they love to hike. They love to, you know, go hunting with me and stuff. So we get to enjoy all that. But, you know, to me, like I'm looking for a dog that I'm going to put on the ground. We're going to go find grouse. We're going to go find woodcock. Um, you know, titles are awesome, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, saying that's never in my future or, or that's not important to me or it's not cool. Like you know, it's awesome what those guys can do. But like to me, like I want my dog to just hammer grouse like you know right. all day long, and and you know, super excited to get a puppy out of your guys' dogs, and and can't wait how. Yeah, I can't see wait to see out. how it turns out too. I really, I really, I like, I like, I like to see these dogs, especially you know, dogs out of my line go to grouse, grouse oh, lines. Yeah. Um, got a young man, of course, you know, he's up. Several young guys, several young guys your age on different litters that I've had uh, that are grouse hunters, and their dogs are just, you know, they just they they they. they you know, tell me stories and stuff like that. And it just, you know, pat yourself on the back. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, man, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And, uh, you know, you got some guys that live in, you know, like Pennsylvania, like some guys up in Pennsylvania that have these puppies. And, uh, you know, they go out, find five grouse, maybe, if they're lucky, a day. But all their buddies have bird dogs, and they go out when they go looking for grouse, and they find zero, nothing. And then when they hunt with their buddies, those puppies find no, they're not pups now, but they find five grouse. But their buddies' dogs don't find anything, you know. So that kind of that kind of you know makes you feel good, and you're kind of like, well, you know, I've been on the right track, and uh, of of these puppies, and uh, of breeding these pups. Um, I think there's a couple other guys I want. I'd, I'd like to. You got, actually, he wants to crawl underneath these wires, but um, got my puppy here with me. He's. He's out of another. He's out of one of my litters, and and uh, at, at six months old last year, I think I shot like two dozen two dozen grouse over him. He's, wow, that's awesome. He's really good. But anyhow, there's a couple guys out there that 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 are into breeding grouse dogs, and uh, made good friends with them over the years. And one guy is a sitter. He has sitters. Um, Kyle Warren up in he moved from New York to Pennsylvania, and I've had I've had the pleasure of hunting with several of the puppies out of his litters different litters can't say enough for those dogs fantastic dog if i if i was a, if i was going to get a sitter there's no doubt in my mind i'd be giving him a call and uh then then dennis stackowitz i don't know if you know him also another sounds familiar he, yeah he 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 has um 
Aspen Thicket Grouse Dogs. Oh, yep. You know, up yep. in the you, UP. Yeah, you put me in contact with him when, yeah. when uh, the litter fell through with you and uh, Jared, yeah. He usually, he has several females, several males, and he, he, he has, you know, we, me and him have, have a lot of the same thing in mind when we're looking at, you know, breeding a dog. So, but he has fantastic grouse dogs. You know, there's, you know, his, you know, from top to bottom, pretty much 90% grouse dogs. So they're fantastic. And, um, and I don't know if he's still breeding dogs or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he, I think he posted on Facebook that he just bred, um, what was gypsy? Was it gypsy? I believe so. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, he has this puppy. She's, her name is Gidget, and I'd, I'd probably almost sell this house to buy that dog <laughs> off of it. So uh, if and I keep my eye out when, when he's when he's going to breed that dog, and I hope he calls me for one of my male dogs to breed her to. But uh, if he breeds that if he breeds that dog, I, I'm getting a puppy. I'm getting a puppy out of that dog. So it's awesome, guys. Anybody wants to keep that in mind, you know, give Dennis a call. But uh, also mention that Ron's top of the list for the puppy, and you'll take <laughs> you'll take the next spot. You know That's right. I mean? <laughs> so, all right, Ron. So we I've, we had a whole paper here, but this episode is going too good. Like we're not even going <laughs> to dive into this. <laughs> well, but, ask uh, me a question if you want. But one thing we were both kind of wondering is, and uh, like we, I just had a uh, a litter as well, and one of my buddies took one of the dogs he lives in pa and, and getting close to the upper part so he's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna be getting into the grouse as mm-hmm. well as their pheasant program and stuff but if you could just take us through like as a trainer what if you were taking a pup what your initial steps are on training that dog as far as like at what age do you start if you don't have access to birds what steps do you take um just kind of what is your regimen okay um well i start when they're newborn, but, um, you know, you, you start, you start acclimating them to noise, uh, to water. Um, but, uh, you, you know, pup puppies, biggest thing, what's on their mind, the biggest thing on their mind is food, you know? So you, you start, you start training puppy. You, you, you know, you use that, you use that drive. Right. Think, think about, you know, what you're going to use, use, use the biggest drives in their life, love, food, you know, so you can do that. Um, put that, put that puppy's, uh, food out, uh, feed the puppy. Don't leave your food out for puppy to, you know, like three, just keep that bowl full. Don't do that. Get that, get that bowl food, that mush or whatever, and, uh, you know, get it prepared and then get down on your hands and knees, put that put that food there and a the dog all he's going to care about he wants to get to that food so you can start introducing whoa <laughs> your dog just stops yeah in yeah. this track it's like was there grass in here yeah <laughs> <laughs> so look for it so uh, and, and at this time uh, your stage in your puppy's life it's like a young child they're sponge man they're learning they're just they're learning so much so you you know you're gonna have to restrain him. It's just not gonna get you know. Just but don't get excited if you have to hold her. Just just put the food down and just say whoa, you know, whole puppy, whoa, and, and eventually they'll they're like you know. And then and then I I I used to make this mistake and and please don't do this. You know you, your dog's on point and then guys say what whoa, whoa. 
Again, I'm, they say that automatically. It's an automatic reflex. I'm, I'm trying so hard to get better at it. I'm 100% but I, I mean, if you, want, if you want the dog to, to go on, it's okay, oh, the movement. I usually say okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a mistake. What does your buddy say? Hey, hey, I'm going to go around this side. Okay. And dog breaks. You know what I mean? So try to condition yourself to get away from that. You know, all right, okay. You know, get them. It, what you know? Do you have a certain release word. Or? That's exactly what I use. The word release. And uh, yeah. a, a, a good friend of mine, great trainer, Brittany guy, Ron Ron Brady from from over Buchanan. He's like, hey man, you know, quit making that mistake because because you're saying okay, and your dog is taking it, and, and it, it's all it takes. On a grouse, a lot of times is that one step. Your dog takes, boom, boom, and locks back up, bird pops. So now you can introduce, whoa. And then when you want them to go ahead and move on, go get that food, which is driving them crazy, okay. You don't say okay, you say release, right? Release. Or whatever word, you know, some guys, a lot of guys use German words for German short hairs. So. I tried that. I couldn't pronounce any of them. Yeah. <laughs> I gave up. I have yeah. tough, tough enough time with the English <laughs> language, let alone German. Now, uh, my uh, my son and Kyle Warren both they've they've kind of adopted this. It's kind of a it's kind of a just a you know with their lips, you know, just a you know instead of saying a word, you know, just kind of a you know or a whistle, and same same difference, you know. But there's no mistakes between you know hunting buddies or whatever, you know, you know when you're ta- when you're when you're talking. Okay, all right. You know, whatever. Uh, try not to do that. That's um, a good pointer. I haven't heard that one. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that. You know, your your puppies. You, you most people get their puppy at eight weeks. I like to get mine at six. I know. Just you know, so they become more dependent on you. Well, I don't want to ever miss that bonding stage. But some some people go. Oh, you know, they just wig out over it. You know, study this, study that. I don't know. I just know what we've done. You know, in my lifetime. My grandfather, and you know, that it was kind of six weeks. You know, once they're weaned, you know, get your puppy. Yeah, whatever. I do whatever you want, but start your puppy. That that's your best. That's your best thing. And and at the same time, at that same stage, eight weeks, nine weeks old, and you get your pup. Uh, get you a sock. You know, just an old junky sock. And if you shot a grouse. You know what? Stuff that sock with some gr- stuff it with some grouse feathers. You know, whatever you got. If you don't have feathers, it doesn't matter. Ball, you know, ball that sock up. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the golf ball or uh, tennis balls, but that you know that sock or 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 whatever. And and then everybody usually has a hallway in their house, or you have a you have an area in your house which is kind of channelized, shut all the doors, so puppy has you know one option is is to come back to you so you start that retrieve start that you know start that so now you can restrain puppy and get that you know get that sock with them feathers and it smells so great and they just want it like the food and don't throw it in the air because that takes it out of the puppy his 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 reflexes and his eyes aren't coordinated enough always keep that down and just kind of like scoot it across the floor you know to the other end of the hallway and then, you know, so, so you just take puppy, one, whoa, not whoa, 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 throw it. And then whatever your command is, whatever you want your command to be for, you know, fetch, 
back, whatever you whatever your 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 command is. But what's the other thing you want to remember? The preparatory command for the dog. Axel, fetch. Okay, throw it, and let the puppy go. And he and it, well, you might want to play with it, chew with it. They want to run with it, really. Once they kind of get it, they want to run with it. Well, they ain't got nowhere to go but back to you. So when they come back to you, the next thing is don't, don't, don't grab the toy. Don't grab the sock. Grab the puppy. Oh, man, get him. You're such a good boy. Let him hold that in his mouth. Oh, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. Good girl. You know, overdo that. Like I said, you know, you can't overdo the praise. So praise that puppy. You're just the best dog. Take take your hand, slide it up underneath their, their mouth. Put your hand on it. Give. Give. Okay, no, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> so. We're not going to get rough with the dog. Just blow in their nose. And they're going to release. When they're going to release, when you take it away from them, oh, man, you're the best puppy. You're Give is so good. You're give good, good puppy. It won't take very long. You're going to throw it down. They're going to come back to you. They're probably going to drop it like, you know, you know, I'm so excited. I did so, I'm such a good puppy. You know, and, and we don't worry about them dropping it, you know. We'll wait till they're a year old, and then we'll work on hold. Maybe, you know. Do you give that after you take it from them that first time? Do you give it back to them so, so they know you're, it's not getting taken no. away, or do you keep it? I keep it, and I'll, I'll throw it again. And, you know, and I, we're not going to wear this game out. We're only going to do it two or three times, and then we're going to give it up, and uh, then we're going to go on. But, no, the, they don't get the dummy. They don't get the, they don't get the retrieve dummy. They, they, they get play toys. That, that's theirs. You know, that's theirs to do what it, with whatever they want. Uh, but, 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 like, bumpers, we don't play with bumpers. We don't play with, we don't play with the retrieve with the tree because I don't want number we don't want that chase I'm you know come here because you end up with a chase and we don't want to associate when I say when I say fetch that means you go get it and you come back and you give it to me it's mine now you you got it for me it's mine so we don't have that jumping and grabbing birds out of people's hands or trying to get in the back of the vests and stuff like that so they 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 know once they give me that once they they make that retrieve they're they're the best dog in the world, and I appreciate that. But now it's mine. It's my, it's my bird. It's mine. So we don't we don't we don't, you know, start confusing dogs with. Well, I can play with it. No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't play with it. And and this this follows on. You continue doing this. Is you know when you when you when you get out of that hallway and the puppy gets older and and stuff and you can you can and, and you're establishing, you know. The woe, you can you can hold your dog and, and make them stay. If you want to teach, stay. I don't teach my dogs to sit. A lot of guys do. A lot of guys put a you can put a you can put a like a sit pad or something like that. It's kind of a target pad for them so that they know they have to come. Excuse me, they have to come back and, and get on that. But and you keep you keep you keep building this. You know when you're out and you get out into the yard and you're out. You know you've progressed out. So you you throw that bumper or you throw that bird or whatever. And then you say, fetch. And the dog goes and gets it. He comes back to it. And, and then we start building that. You know, you hold that bird. You don't drop it. If 
five feet from me and then, you know, expect praise, you don't, cause you're not going to get it. You hold that, you hold it and you come back to me. Now I don't, I don't have my dogs, you know, like a lot of guys have their dogs come over to the left-hand side, sit down and then reach down. No, you just come back to me and, and I will reach down whenever I put, when I, when I take the, take the bird in my hand or the bumper or whatever, you know, and I say give, a lot of guys say release, whatever, but I use the word release to let my dogs go off. So give, you know. I think I think Justin used drop. My son uses the word drop, but anyhow, we, you know, so we 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 get that. But but that's how we build it. And once we get that bird, you know, it's my bird. You know, it's not it's you know. It's You're not, not trying to jump in up into your pack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, or trying. What, what's worse is you got a bird in your hand, and, you know, they all... and has and, a perfect fan on it, and they jump yeah, up and get that take, fan, and you're like, oh, that fan was or, perfect. Or the skin off your fingers, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and you know, and you're going to have to go through this. Uh, puppies are going to do that. You're going to have that. You're going to have that, you know, or or you're going to have that some of that, even though the dog's been trained not to do that, and there's around strange dog or whatever. So you're still going to have some of that. But if you don't train that, it, it could be a problem. It could be a real problem. Uh, a quick story on that. I trained a, 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 a dog of mine. His name was Axel, uh, Axel One. <laughs> and uh, he was so possessive over a bird, and he re- had crazy retrieve drive. But uh, if we were hunting together and you shot a grouse and then he had to go right like right beside you to come on to me, I, I would always have to warn people, please don't, don't, don't. It's your bird. I understand that, you know. And he's coming, looks like he's coming to you. Don't try to take that bird out of that dog's mouth. You're going to lose your fingers. <laughs> and it, it happened several times. I, I mean, I didn't like it because, you know, I like guys just be able to say, you know, give me. You mm-hmm. know. And uh, and the dog bring the bird to them. But, uh, man, that dog there, he'd, he'd drop that bird in a heartbeat and just snap, 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 and pick that bird up. You know, he had to bring it to me no matter what. Uh, crazy. But I had him the same time I had that first German Schwarz, she was older. She's 11, 10, 11 years old. And she was so much hunt in her that that when she retrieved a bird, she would try to give it to another dog. She'd be like bumping into its mouth, literally, here, take it, take it, take it, you, you know, whatever, or anybody, you know. Here, here, I'm, I got to go hunting, I got to go hunt, you know. Take this bird, I got to go hunting, you know what I mean? So there's kind of polar opposites there. Um, so anyhow, that's that's kind of what puppy stage is, and then the next and and you're always using that preparatory command, dog's name, preparatory command, gets their attention. You're looking for that eye contact. You're looking for, you know, listen to me, listen, listen. Here's the command. I'm going to give you a command. Listen to me, you know, Ron. What? <laughs> Ron. Okay. You know, and their attention span's short. So, but keep 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 that in mind. So we're we're just building layers. We're just con- continually to build layers as we as we progress on. Um, introduce. I like to introduce birds as early as I can. So, uh, whatever you got to do, whatever you have to do, you 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 know a bird dog needs birds. So you you you've got to get some birds. You you know, find whoever. I know birds are hard to find. Um, I recommend I recommend that that any Anybody uh, that's getting a bird dog, getting a puppy, get some homing pigeons, um, and and just start getting those because those are the cheapest, easiest way that you can really put a lot of birds in front of your dog time and time again. You might have two homing pigeons, but every day you can put two pigeons in in front of your puppy. Um, 
But introducing introduce introduce puppy to birds, um, I like to get a couple quail, and I hobble those quail and out in the yard, and I just let them maul them. I mean, sounds terrible or whatever, but you can cook the quail, so it's no big deal. But they they need that that builds that that builds that prey drive, and then once you get that, don't worry about the dog. Don't worry about nine month nine week old puppy, ten week old puppy. You know, pointing that pointing that quail. You're, that's not your goal. You know, I know a lot of guys are. Oh man, I want to, I want my puppy to point. You know, it's not your goal. What your goal is today is you're just introducing a bird. You're building that prey drive, and uh, you know, and 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 you're you're unlocking that that genes that that you know that DNA is coming out in that dog that prey drive, and you're 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 unlocking that. That's your goal. Pointing comes later. If they point it, that's fine. If they do, then encourage that. Don't be sitting there saying, "What? Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> whoa. Don't do that. Whoa. Now, go over and stack that pup up. Yeah, pet it. You know, push that tail up. You know, push that butt towards the bird, and you know, you want that. You want that squat back. You know, and stroke that from the top of the head all the way back. And you now you can say. Now you can say what you can say. Whoa. You know, whoa's good. You know. Man, you know you're 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 building this in their you know you're building this in their mind now. Now there's now they're whoa means birds, whoa means point, you know. So you you start that's your foundation. You start you just kind of start working from this and working from this, and then eventually, um, I kind of use like the 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 Smith method these mm-hmm. days of of uh, introducing or teaching my dog, you know to woe um, a lot of mistakes a lot of guys make when they're training their dog is is they go out a, a puppy they go out into the yard or, or wherever and they have no control they have no control or they let that control they they take that control mechanism away too early those are huge mistakes uh, so get yourself the, you know puppy size whatever get yourself um a, a lead strap, you know, um, check cord, whatever, and learn to uh, learn to. Um, there's a lot of videos out there. A lot of guys use it these these days, but uh, we we always kind of call it a woe stake. And uh, you 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 use the the dog's collar, and you have a a, a short short lead or short chain. I don't want to use chain, but uh, short cable, the cable's good because it doesn't stretch. That goes to a stake, and then you hook the the check cord or the rope or whatever to the same hook on the collar. You come down the dog, the puppy's back, and then go around his flank and make a half hitch, and then short distance. I'm talking, we're not talking, you know, you're not a 50 foot check cord. We're talking real short. We're talking three, five feet. This we're talking puppies. And and you're going to puppy's going to kind of fight it, and he's kind of you know what the hell's going on, and and uh, you get to the end of the check cord uh, or the restraint, and then you're going to pull on the check cord simultaneously. Don't screw this up. 
simultaneously, when that puppy hits the end of his, his cord to the stake, you want to immediately ply, not, not yank the puppy, a little bit of pressure so it pinches around that flank. Simultaneously, whoa. That's it. Whoa. He's going to fight it. He's going to fight it. Just contain until till he stops. As soon as he stops fighting it, one more time. Whoa. At the, sound, at the same time, just a little pressure. As soon as you say he stops fighting it, he's realized, you know, I'm restrained here. Then a little bit of a... What's the dog? What's he got? It? Oh, chewed, got it. Yeah, he chewed an, on, chewed on an antler. antler. And a, little, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of woe, you know, at the same time. A little bit of pull and a little bit of woe. Simultaneously, woe. And then, you know, we're not going to beat this up that day. But we're going we're gonna to progress on that. We're going to get more and more and more and more and more. And we're going to do it within a week period. We're, I want to, you know, maybe, maybe 50 sessions in a week. So we're going to do it several times a day. And eventually you'll find out that, you know, now you're 20 feet, 30 feet. You know, till you get to that, the end of the you're at the end of the check cord. Now you got a huge long cable to the to the stake, and you got to be careful because you don't want dog go running like 100 miles an hour and then hit the end of that stake and you know snap its neck. So, you know, like I said, you got to be smart. Think about what you're doing, and then you're gonna you're gonna get to that point where you know where you got this distance. Now we're gonna introduce the e collar. We're gonna put that e collar around the puppy's flank right where that half hitch is. You're going to put it around him, not on his do-wacky, but in front of it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and you're going to use very, 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 very low setting, and, and we're going to back up to that short distance again. And then this time, when we get to that, you got, you got the transmitter in your hand with the, with, with the uh, check cord. And, and you might, you're going to have to kind of ease the dog into it now because he knows once he gets out on there, he's, he's just going to stop. So you kind of ease him into that pinch between the, the, the cable restraint and the check cord. And simultaneously, as soon as he hits that, you pull on the cord and push the stimulate button on a very, very, very low setting. I can't emphasize that enough. Don't, you know, We talk about don't ruin your burn dog. And you're going to introduce that you're going to introduce the e-collar. You know, so he's going to like, oh, that's a little different. You know, I got the pinch, and I'm oh, you know, a little bit different. And the, and the whoa. And then you keep this up till you build back your distance again. And then, and then eventually you're going to have the e-collar, and you're not going to pull. You're, you're not going to put a half hitch. You're just going to leave it hang, a short rope. You're just going to leave a short rope hang that he thinks it's a check cord, but it's the e-collar. It's the only thing on his flank, and you're going to repeat that. You kind of kind of repeat that, and then you're going to, whenever he hits the end of that, it's whoa, whoa. And then you're going to take a build up to where you're going to take that cable restraint off the stake, and you're going to replace it with your, with your check cord on the dog's collar and the e-collar around the flank. And then you're going to go for a little walk, and you're going to go different places, and you're going to go, and you're going to say, you're going to say, well, since Daisy's here, you're going to say preparatory command, Daisy, whoa. Simultaneously, 
when the word woe comes out of your mouth, you're going to give them a little bit of a stimulation on very, very low, very low. And hopefully, they, they, by this time, they kind of know what, what's going on. If not, then a little jerk with the, with the check cord on the neck, you know, to kind of get that kind of a little bit more attention. And you're all going to try to do this. Your timing, and it's important. Timing's important in bird dog training. Snap, at the same time, stimulation, preparatory command for obviously first. So be daisy, whoa, snap, fish the simultaneously. They'll stop. Once you, if you built this foundation, they stopped. If they don't, then you got to back up. And always remember this in your training. You, you, you introduce something new, and you're progressing on, and the dog's not responding. It, it's not the dog. It's, it's something you've done, something you're doing. That's kind of confusing the dog. So back up, you know, take take your time and come forward. Eventually, you're going to take off. You know, your when I talk about controls, that check cord. Eventually, you're going to take that check cord off. But the only control you're going to have is the e collar on that flank. So we're not we're not using that e collar for recall. Okay, we haven't introduced that. We don't. The dog puppy doesn't know that. You can let him out. Puppy doesn't puppy doesn't know recall with the e collar yet. We haven't we haven't we haven't worked that. We use recall with the check cord right now. So, but the only thing I want that re, that e collar for is I'm going to reinforce. It's my control for stopping that dog when I say whoa. He knows that I mean business, and and, and not, I don't want to say I mean business. It's more in the dog's mind. He's like, well, Dad warned me. You know, Dad warned me. Well, he warned me again. Well, Dad warned me. You know, hey, you know, Dad Dad gave me that warning. So, um, so when you, you know, you, you give the, you, you're, you're off into the field and you just have the e-collar around the waist and you've got your low setting or setting that you need, not high, but you might have to move it up from the low setting. And then you still have, you still have that control. So, you say he's out there in the field running, doing his thing, you know, 20, 40, 50 yards or whatever. And, uh, of course, I'll, I'll kind of back up. I always introduce a, a hand signal, whoa. I want to get that hand up whenever I say, whoa. When I got the check cord, you know, and I pull up on it, whenever I put that restraint on there, you know, they they associate that, that visual now, that hand coming up is also, whoa. So if they don't hear me, they, they see me, you know. So they know. So preparatory command, whoa, and give them a little stimulation. And that, you know, dadgummit, you know. Dad warned me, and he said, whoa, and I'll be dadgum, man. You know, sure enough, I got stimulated, you know. So I have to really stay in tune with Dad. I'll, I'll really keep keep kind of pay attention, you know, on that whoa thing. And then, you know, of course, they always see that hand. It really comes in handy out pheasant hunting. It kind of comes in handy grouse hunting too because you know you got a dog on point the other dog doesn't see at the back or on her when we throw our hands up to get the attention of our, our fellow hunter like throw that hand up like that and point towards the pointing dog I, i'll be daggum man all of our dogs would just you'll see them you know they'll see that hand come up man they'll just slam to a point and they're like i can't see the dog but they back and 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 pheasant hunting uh we don't say a word i mean we really don't say yeah, a word yeah, you can't. <laughs> no, 
we get out in the field, we we might be three or four of us abreast with you know four or five dogs in the field, and we're out working a crop field, we're working CRP, we're working whatever, and you'll see, you know, of course we got GPSs now, kind of everybody kind of tracks everybody's dog, but uh, you know you see somebody throw a hand up like that, and you watch, you know, five dogs immediately just go. You know what I mean? Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, to see. yeah, and then you know you just kind of pointing, <laughs> and we just we just we just make the beeline. For new people that have maybe never put one on the flank before, um, I'll tell you the method that that I know of, and maybe you have a better one. But uh, just because it's so important to get it on a low setting, um, I'll kind of put it on, start it at zero, and hit the continuous just until and just barely go up just until they look back at yep. it just to kind of see yep. like hey do i feel something and then is that about how you do it yep that's exactly how i do it you know you can see you see that tummy suck up just a little bit mm-hmm. you know but it's not a, it's not so uncomfortable that you get you know this you know you know bad response and that's what i talk about all these e-callers if you get a bad response yeah you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong um you you, I don't want to say you never ever get to that point where you have to turn it up, but those are for really bad, 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 bad mistakes that a dog makes uh, that you need to have. When we talk about control, positive control, you have to have positive control of your dog. Um, you know, going out into it, you know, like running and going out into a road, um, you know, chasing a deer. Something, something that's really bad, it warrants a, a little bit higher response on the e-collar. And I'm not talking about burning the toenails up and lightning coming off their teeth or anything like that. I'm just talking about getting enough to get their attention that they know that they, you know, that, that I do not appreciate that, don't like it, <laughs> and you will not do that. Um, Kansas is a, is a great, I don't know what it is about Kansas. I, I mean, I love Kansas. I hate Kansas. Um, <laughs> Kansas, there's nothing. You you go out there and there's nothing. Everything's on squares, and you're working a field, and there's a dirt road, you know, that on every side of this huge field, and you're gone, and birds are coming up. You're getting to the end of it, and the dogs are chasing, and there's a car every stinking time. You haven't seen a car all day, you know, but until the dogs are wanting to go across that road after a bird, that's whenever that car and when and you and you you know that calculator in your mind that you know ballistic calculator. Dogs running, birds, truck, and they're all going to meet <laughs> yeah. at the same time, you know. And you yell, you know, you know, knock it off, come here. And the dog doesn't respond to you, you know, if he's never been taught, you know. That's that's a time you want to stop that dog. You want to, you don't want that, you don't want him to meet at the same time. You want to get his attention off of that. Um, you know, I talk about, you know, I've had several dogs that love skunks over the years, porcupines. Uh, those are times whenever I will use the, you know, I will introduce the e collar on a higher, you know, I'll go to that Especially higher setting. Those porcupines, I mean, yeah. they really yeah. tear up a dog. That, those are no nos. Those are no nos. And whenever I said no, no, I mean no, you know. But those are for older dogs. Those aren't, you know, really, uh, uh, you know, a puppy, you take your lumps. Now, the road thing, you know, with puppy, that that's kind of your fault, you know. Because I never get to my, I never, I never take a puppy, and get to that situation where we're working too close to a road. You know, if I'm pheasant hunting and I got, I got that young pup, and you know he's he's not 100% under control, and and uh, you know, why put yourself in that situation? So 
you know, hey, we're going to go, we're going to make a right, we're going to make a left, or whatever we go, whatever you have to do, you know, stop, recall the pup, whatever, put a leash on him, let the other guys go to the end of the field and do their thing. Don't take a chance on your puppy. Don't hunt a puppy close to a road. Um, just kind of, just kind of one of those things. But uh, you know, you 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 don't really want like a say a six month old, eight month old pup or something like that. Uh, I would never take that e collar and get up to the point where you know I you know I, I, I absolutely had to stop that dog. You know, an older dog understands. You know, they they've been around. They've had enough nose. You know. They, they know better. Um, so I hate to talk about e-collars because uh, I know so many people, you know, especially today, they want that instant yep. that instant thing on the, you know. But it, an e-collar is, is a tremendous tool. But, it, it, you know, do, do your foundational work. Don't use the e-collar. Do your foundational work. But I think that, I think introducing woe is the, that's to me with the e-collar like I just explained it. It's probably, it, it, it seems to work really, really well, and it, and, it, and it really sets that pup up so they really, really do well on it. Uh, where uh, I don't want to say it shortcuts it, but it definitely makes things easier than what it is with a check cord over a long period of, you know, and it takes a long period of time with a check cord to get to that point. There's other things, too, that you need to do with puppy. Um, you have to get his feet up off the ground, you know, uh, get, you know, a lot of people make that that re- that kind of that retrieving um, thing. You know, with ply board, you know, waist high, like a woe board, or like whatever. a woe board or force fetch mm-hmm. kind of scenario. You can use it however you want to use it. Um, I, I, I when I, we talk about force fetch, I will force fetch a dog, but I use a soft method. I don't use that hard method. Um, Blaine Carter up in Maine, uh, Jason Carter. They're really, they're NAVDA guys. They're really good. Um, Blaine's been here. He's hunted grouse here a couple times. Well, one time with me. Um, and they've got a great technique. It, it, they, they, they make great videos. So I really like their soft force technique that they use. Um, so, it, you know, somebody might want to look that up. If you want to look up, if you, if you have a, yeah, if you have absolutely. a pup, if you have a pup, most most of them have a lot of retrieve in them anyhow. For me as a hunter, I, I've really never had to go down that path, uh, but I I do it. This I I do use that method to reinforce hold, because we get to that point where I talk about the pup. You know, once they'll, they'll retrieve to you and then spit the bird out and then want their praise. Well, I don't want to give them the praise till they hold that bird. So I use that kind of technique that they use to kind of get to that point of hold until I actually get the bird so. does that technique kind of help them keep a soft mouth too it I does know some i know some bird dogs have kind of hard mouths and it, mess up the meat and yeah yeah you it, it does that too uh you know obviously force fetching the hard way really makes a soft mouth but this this makes a good soft mouth now you know blaine uses his hand you know they they start out with their hand in the mouth you know hold, they're holding their hand and that that's kind of a technique right there you know, yeah, puppy doesn't want to hurt you. I always put a glove on when I do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you if I'm if I'm starting out with them, right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah I mean, a, a gloved hand. Yeah, yeah puppy has sharp teeth. Yeah, they do. So it's a it's a very good technique, and and it does help with that with that hard mouth. Um, 
you know, like I said, I've, I've seen several guys. I've helped train other guys' dogs that had really hard mouths and uh, wouldn't retrieve, wouldn't retrieve at all. And uh, for whatever reason, and we use the, the hard technique of force fetching, which I just hate to do it. I, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a necessary evil if you're, you know, you don't want to leave game in the woods. But uh, it definitely will make a dog soft mouth. You won't have a problem, you know. But uh, most of these short hairs I've ever met, I've never really met a short hair that didn't retrieve. I t- had a friend of mine I hunt with, actually Steve, the guy called me earlier. Uh, he, he got a puppy, and uh, we were grouse hunting. Well, he's, it's a puppy, right? And he's hunting with me, and we're hunting, I'm hunting older dogs, so my older dogs always get to, get to retrieve. And uh, he's like, well, you know, so I don't think Rusty retrieves. Huh? Rusty won't retrieve. I was like, well, Steve, have you worked? Fetch him? You shot some birds for him? Well, I've just been using the pigeons and blah, blah, blah. Well, we, we decided to go over to a hunting preserve and just take the two young, take his puppy by himself and go over and, you know, kind of end of the season thing. He's a young pup. And, uh, you know, Rusty goes on point, point. Points really well. Points, uh, Points Chucker, Chucker comes up, Steve shoots it, boom, old Rusty runs out there, grabs it, and brings it right back to him. He's like, I thought you said your puppy wouldn't retrieve. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think he shot fifteen Chuckers that day, retrieved every one of them. So that's awesome. I was like, Yeah. Kind of answered a question yep. I, I know Matt and I both had. It's like, you know, I know retrieving for, for their dogs is like some people it's a must like if you know that's just high priority you know the mm-hmm. retriever uh, retrieving is almost just as important as as a steady point and then some people are like if my dog points the bird lets me get a shot like you know i'll find maybe it'll, the dog will like tell me where it's at but doesn't retrieve and i'm fine with that um but you know from from hearing you talk like it's it's a priority to have your dogs retrieved yeah it's a must yeah and in, in national shoot to retrieve it's 100 points yeah uh, and in uh, NAVDA, it's, yeah, they have to. <laughs> it, it's a requirement. I mean, but um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I, my dogs have to retrieve. Uh, I, I mean, you go out even if the dog was you know run out. And I, had, I I had a setter that, that I ended up getting off of a guy. She was very soft, and uh, she retrieved fine. She she was retrieving fine. She she played with the bird a little bit, and she 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 didn't really want to have the bird in her mouth, so she'd try to like get it by the, the tip of a wing. Or well, she's a young dog, and uh, I had shot a grouse. She was close to me, you know. She pointed it, shot this grouse. She ran out and she kind of played around with the grouse, and he's sitting there yelling at her, you know, like angry, you know, bitch, bitch, and uh, I'm like, you know. It's his dog, you know, trying to not say too much. And uh, she comes she, she comes to me. She doesn't want to go to that angry guy, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm going to get my butt beat or something, you know. I don't like him. So she, she comes to me. Well, he comes up to me, you know, as she's coming. And, and she's just about, I mean, all the way to me. And he snatches that bird out of that, that dog's mouth and said, I mean, Give. That was the last bird she ever retrieved. Last bird she ever retrieved. You know, he and, and now he's mad at this dog. He goes hunting. He's mad at her. She goes up. The bird. The bird hits the ground. She goes over to the bird. Gone. Like oh, I don't want to touch this thing. 
I'm gonna get in trouble. You know what I mean? So it, it become a problem. It become a problem. I end up getting that dog. I end up taking that dog. Do you ever have uh, say? One of our questions was one: How many dogs do you run at a time? And say per se, you're running three or four at a time, and they're all trained to retrieve. Do they ever you ever have a problem with them fighting over the bird to want to bring it back? Like how did how do you fix that? Because sometimes my dogs will want to fight. Like I'm bringing it back, and no, I'm bringing it back. Like if you have yeah. that issue, like what would you do? Uh, I've I've seen it before, and uh, uh, you know, no is a big word and the preparatory command for the dog you want no. Right. So, you know, say say Becky here is trying to take Daisy's bird, you know. Uh, it's Becky, no. Okay? And might have to use that e-collar. Might have to, because that's my control. If, she's, if she does, she knows no. She knows what it means, but she still wants to get that bird. She's excited about it. But I said no, that's Daisy's bird. Or whatever, and then a lot of times we, a lot of times you want to you want to you want to stop that other, you know you, you know one dog's going to get that bird, or you want that other dog that pointed that bird to get that bird. Stop, make make them well, make the other dog well, go get physical control of them, get a hold of that collar, and let the other dog make the retrieve, and teach that dog that you know. I don't want you taking, I don't want you going after that bird. You know, you didn't find that bird. If you want your bird, right, you, find you go find your bird, okay? And I might hunt three, five dogs, you know, especially in Kansas. I'll hunt a bunch of, I'll put a bunch of dogs on the ground. But mostly in, for grouse hunting, I don't like to hunt more than two. I may hunt three. It just, it's too chaotic. It's just too crazy. And then once you're in the woods, it's, it's really hard to, you know, maintain that that control of what's going on. You can't see a lot of times a grouse, you don't see what's going on you know, that you don't see that other dog or, or, you know, or whatever. Um, so both my, most of my dogs learn that once one of them gets a bird, then game's over. I need to just move on and let that dog retrieve that bird. And it, and it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a taught thing too. And guys you hunt with, if you train, you know, usually guys I hunt with, we train together. So, you know, we, we're out planting, you know, liberated birds and we're shooting birds. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're hunting with each other's dogs. And uh, there's your, there's a good time. That's your, that's your opportunity to take advantage of that and, and teach that dog that you can't go steal that retrieve. You're not allowed to steal that retrieve. Um you know, and 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 uh, go back to to national shoot to retrieve. You have to your dog has to back, and then you have to physically restrain the dog before you go and shoot that. That's kind of a kind of a kind of it's kind of hard to do that in the grouse woods because both of you might need to shoot the grouse or whatever. But in the in the training field, that's a that's a real good technique right there. You know, um, in NAVDA, you it's a requirement that that you know. You only send that one dog. That other dog has to honor all the way through the retrieve. So, so once again, that's all. All this is built. All this is built in the training. You know, you and your buddy. And uh, I always like to do that. I like to hunt. You know, if I hunt with different guys, I like diversity of dogs too. That's one of the things about NAVDA I really like and Nastra, because um, your dog's going to see a lot of a lot of different dogs types and. 
you know, they're going to learn, you know, you're going to teach your dog to back, you know, to honor those other different dog types. Plus you're going to teach your dog to honor that, that retrieve. You know what I mean? You know, maybe I might not have my dog, you know, back the whole time. Cause I, I kind of like my dogs to go after that grouse. Uh, when you shoot at grouse, you never know if you really hit them or not. <laughs> yeah. So I like, I like, hey, it's I usually like a it. knot for me, but <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so I, I, I like that. And, you know, I've been surprised so many times the dogs bring it back, you know, whatever, but I don't want to fight. And, and that's not, we're not fighting. No. Well, that's another one of those bad no-nos like going out into the road. And when you were told not to go out there, fighting is, that's behavior that will not be accepted. You're it's almost like raising toddlers. So. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like I told you no. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, exactly. You you told them no. Yep. But you also have to equate to that. You also have to equate to that. Now you know we go back to that. You can't. You know you praise that toddler a ton, but but you also have to have measured kind of consequences for that. You know I told you no, but how many times you say it? You you keep saying it or. And then it, and then then it, well, you know, he he just says. He just says it all the time, but he doesn't really mean it. So I can continue to have fun and do what I want to do, or do you make the correction? You know, you go get that toddler, you put him in timeout. <laughs> my in my day, you smacked their butt. That's right. You know what I mean? And I said no. So it's kind of that same thing with training a training a bird dog. It's this, it's the same thing. You know, you got that carrot and you got the stick. Well, I want to use that carrot way more than I want to use that stick because, you know, I, I use that prey drive to, you know, to train my dog. I use that food drive to train my dog. Those you get, you know, those work good. But there's going to be a chance. There's going to be a, a, a time where you need to make the correction. And sitting there saying, "What does every bird hunter that has a puppy say? Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, they they just, you know, no, you done screwed up. You done screwed up. You 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 wore that word out, and now a puppy doesn't really have to pay attention to that word. And you didn't have control. You didn't have the check cord. You didn't have the shock and collar, e collar. You didn't. You know. You lost control. It's not puppy's fault. It's it's your fault. And now you're mad. You know. And a dog will sense a a, a, a dog is so in tune to you more ways than one. And you know what? Take take the puppy. Be calm. Go get it. Bring it back to where you first said the first woe, not the twentieth <laughs> woe. Stack the dog up. Be calm. Woe. Put the put your check cord on the dog. Walk off. Not there. Walk off. Go fifty yards away. Go under a shade tree. Calm yourself down. You're a good boy. You're a good girl. Put the puppy up. Okay. Cause you done screwed up the you, you're you're done, you're done that you know for hours. Just let let everything calm down. Come back and next time, make sure you have your positive control. Make sure your mindset's in the right. You're mentally you're mentally ready to train a puppy, and then go back at it again. Well, we're coming up on two hours now, so we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping things up. I have one question for you. It might be a little bit of a, a brain twister. Maybe you've seen it before, and then if Jed has anything, um, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, my question to you is: I have this huge issue with my dog. Tons of prey drive on everything. Inside, he is will sit there and point at bugs at the lights, 
which I'm almost at the point where I'm like, is he going to go blind? And I can't stop it. Until I kill the bug, he'll sit there and look at the light for like an hour. Yeah. So have you ever seen that before? Like, what do I do? Seven of them. Right oh, do they all do <laughs> They that all too? do it. They all do it. I don't pay attention to it. All right. Just, just let, let it, it roll. I have killed a lot of bugs in my house. So. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I live in the mountains, so, I mean, look around. I mean, yep. They're everywhere. But I don't worry about it. I, I, birds, you know, go outside in the yard. There's bumblebees and, you know, butterflies. Mm. and they, it, He doesn't do it outside. I don't know if he's thinking, like, this is my home. Like, I... Yeah, because he knows. Like he'll look at it and he'll just he'll look at me until I come over and kill it. Until I kill that <laughs> yeah. bug, like I'll turn off the lights and he'll still know it's there. But it's yeah. like we don't encourage it. Yeah. Okay. So so you you, you know he goes on point on a on a, a a fly on the screen door. You know what I mean? We don't say whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't we don't. Enc- we don't encourage that. I may have done that once or twice to start <laughs> yeah. with, so it might be my fault a little yeah. bit. But because I was like, "Oh, it's cool. He's putting a bug." In yeah. There. Well, you taught him well. <laughs> and anything with wings is always yeah. pointing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. I miss those flies just as much. I miss the grass. Those. Yeah. I mean, they're hard to hit with the swatter. Yeah. So just, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Uh, you know, a lot of guys worry about, you know, like, you know, pointing the robins or whatever you know, um, in the yard, don't encourage it. Don't, don't go out there. You know, they got a rock. Whoa. Ah, I've done that too. Yeah. Don't encourage <laughs> that. Don't, don't encourage that. You know, it's, it's just a natural response for them. They're sight pointing, you know, they're going to do that. Um, just let it roll. Don't, okay. just, it's a good pointer. Just that was it. one of my questions I had on there is I'll yeah. let my dogs outside run around a lot and then, I've I've noticed that you know the hunting's maybe their their point like the whole point, but I feel like they're moving a little bit more in the woods this year since we moved out to where we are. And I'm like, I don't know if it's because I'm letting them free range, but I have encouraged the uh, robin points a few times. Yeah. So probably you're probably right. Well, you might get in the woods now and yeah. have you know you think <laughs> wow I got you know there's a grouse here and then you go up yeah, there and it's a robin. Yeah. So I mean, it, take take it with what you can take it. I I don't discourage it. You know, some guys discourage it, but I don't. I don't have a problem whenever I'm out. When I'm when they get into woods and they're, you know, they kn- they know it's game on. Once they see the orange come out, which I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have worn orange to your house. Oh no, 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 that, no. Yeah, but you're right. You know, you're right. Uh, my dogs see orange and it's on. Oh my so. my, you know, I, but I hunt. I hunt so much, but they do. Like I'm wearing I'm wearing my brush pants today, but you know. There's certain pair of boots. I can go in there and I can get, you know, the work boots on and they won't even, uh, okay, dad, you know, dad's, you know, whatever. You go get them hunting boots, you pull them hunting boots out and and they're on you, man. They're like, you know, ready to go. Uh, so, yeah, and the blaze orange or, you know, if we grab the hunting vest or like that bag that the garments come in That's, too. Yeah, my, mine's the, I was getting ready to say that. It's like my dog can be like chill, just laying on the couch, like Max, Max does this thing. He lays upside down with his like <laughs> neck, it, um, like laying on the the headrest, like sideways. Like it's yeah. the funniest thing ever. And like I can get in my closet and get whatever I want out of there. As soon as I pull the Garmin bag out, like he knows what that is. And I mean, he flips upside down. He's at the door. He's like, "Let's roll." Like yeah. I mean, it's it's go time. So it's what? hilarious. That's what I said. They're so they're so more in tune to you than what you even think. It. Like it, when it comes, of course, of course, a cool morning. 
like this morning was in cool mm-hmm. mine. My dogs were cranked up. Oh yeah. You know, they kind of like, and when the fall starts coming a little bit more, they get more and more and more and more. But I can tell you, and I, I mean, I, I work, you know, like you guys, I work crazy hours, long hours. I'd be going, I traveled all over, all over the place working on airplanes and, uh, you know, become up my annual Michigan trip to go to Michigan. And, 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 just thinking about it. be sitting there watching TV news, whatever. And I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I better go get my bag and start, you know, just kind of thinking, you know, got to load the truck up. Maybe should I load the truck up today or wait till tomorrow? And you would not believe how in, they're, they're cranked. They're cranked, but you go, go grab that, go grab that bag or that gun case and, you know, or whatever, you know, man, look out, look out. It's awesome. Yeah. I'd always make a pile, you know, kind of pile my stuff up and they would lay on it. <laughs> my dogs sleep with me too, by like the way. Mine do too. My wife hates it. Yeah. We ended up getting one of those little handheld vacuums just to get all the hair and stuff right. off. But it's a, that's a constant battle if they're allowed to sleep with us or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you just have, that's just part of it. Like, like I mean, you, you mop every, you sweep and mop every day. And yeah. I mean, your bed's just full of dog hair, but, so but my, you got to love it. My yeah. wife's trick is, we have the comforter, and then we have the sheet, and then me and the dogs are under the sheet, and she'll sleep on top of the sheet to stay away from the hair. <laughs> well, well, when you get older, uh, my wife sleeps in a different bedroom than what I sleep in, but I sleep with all the dogs. She, she's, she's, she's actually, she's actually, she never had a problem before, but she started developing a little bit of dog allergy, so, hmm. so she likes she her 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 environmentally clean room <laughs> that she has her air conditioner and her all that stuff. But me and the other dogs, uh, we sleep, we sleep and they rotate. They, we got, I have in, in, in my bedroom, like these wire, wire kennels right here. We have three of them in my bedroom and they just come and go, but it's, it, dogs will rotate in and out, in and out, in and That's out awesome. yeah, with seven of them. But we just, you know, just wash your blankets and sheets mm. like twice as much or three times yep. as much as everybody else, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I like that. I'll, that's the other thing about a bird dog, um, you know. They, oh, there's that sound to, that wakes yeah. me up at night. <laughs> so, I, I like you know they like to be close to you. It it it's it's one of those things about a bird dog, and everybody that gets one's amazed at. He he just he can't be his you know, separation anxiety so bad that I you know. Yeah, that just comes with the territory with a bird dog. But what also comes with that is loyalty, and you know that dog is just is your dog. Mm-hmm. You know, dogs are bird dogs are family dogs, but they're that one person in the family is their dog. You know, and it's kind of funny because uh, Briar over there, my uh, my black male, he's not my dog. He is mommy's boy. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it, you know he'd be my if we if I was sitting on the couch and I was the only one sitting on the couch. Well, he'd come up and he'd lean up against me, you know, like love me, daddy. I'm your boy. She walks in, she sits down in the easy chair, or she comes over here and sits down at the table. He leaves me in a heartbeat, man. He's right over there putting his head on her, you know. That's my youngest one, Miles. Yeah. He lo- he loves laying. So. Yeah. yeah, that's it's funny. Like uh, Max is definitely like I mean he's my boy. Like I mean him yeah. in our place, but but. Um, he, he wasn't, he was probably like two or three and he cut his paw real bad hunting. And, uh, 
so, you know, of course he was inside anyways, but we had him in a pen and I was working out of town and, and, uh, man, he became a mommy's boy, yeah. big time, you know, she loved him. And ever since then, it, it's hilarious. Like any little injury or like soreness from hunting or whatever. And, and it was like probably a year later, he, uh, hurt his paw, uh, different paw. And he, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 it's worse. It, she's like, Hey, he's max isn't doing good like he's he's limping real bad you need to get him to the vet i'm like okay well i'll come home and i let him out and he's just running around the yard yeah. just fine yeah. like right. not yeah. limping at all literally she would pull up in the driveway yeah. and he would be just limping <laughs> yeah. coming through the yard i'm like you are such a liar yeah get, get your butt in there i, and I want, mean it's I hilarious mommy loving oh yeah. yeah and that's all it was and you yeah. know of course he you know, I was working midnight. She works days, and and so he's getting you know double whammy of love, and so yeah, yeah. It, just hilarious. C- comes up, comes up, and he's holding his right paw up. And two <laughs> minutes later, it's his left paw. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. He he had her so fooled, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm sending her videos. He said, "Don't let him run around the yard like that. He's hurt." I'm like, "He is not hurt. Yeah. Like, get out yeah. Of here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 got you wrapped around his fingers. Oh yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, th- before we had. Uh, our daughter or anything you know our dogs were our kids and well still are and, yeah and you know you do anything for them and it's just it's it is uh it's awesome how they can be such a, a loving companion and, and like a, a pet but then like you know we get our garment bags out or our guns and i mean it's just like a light switch it's yep. it's you know you would never think you know max has to have attention 24 7 that's just how he is but if you're in the field hunting like he doesn't care about no. a soul it's it's all about find that bird and you know who please dad like you know like you know get their praise from it and and uh yeah it's it's that, they're awesome dogs that that's the other thing i look for and you know i'm looking for in and whenever i'm looking at bird dog, it doesn't matter what what breed either mm-hmm. i'm looking for i'm looking for that line of dogs that 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 that, that has that switch Mm-hmm. you know off yeah i don't want that craziness in my house you know mm-hmm. not that you know you're, you're going to get away with it entirely but you know a, a lot of a lot of guys i've known over the years and i've had a couple of these dogs you know where they just didn't have that switch they yeah. just didn't have that house switch you know they're just bouncing off the walls the cabinets just just crazy you know so uh you know i kind of i kind of you know got that bread out of my out of my line you know kind of didn't want to go down that road i'm looking for a dog that has that has that house switch so you can you can go you know you can have the you can have the toddlers running around and you know not getting knocked over not that they're not going to but not as bad as the the psycho (laughs) dogs in the house you know where you know you just couldn't keep them in the house just couldn't keep in the house so so i always look for that too now and uh you know you don't want to you don't want that yeah for sure well, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there with about two hours. So unless you guys have got anything else, and uh, uh, no. come back, do it again. We'll talk yeah, more. I would yeah. love to do another episode. Lots of wisdom here, and uh, Ron, we appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yep, come back and go hunting with me. We'll go. Oh, love that. Yeah, sounds we'll great. Definitely do that. Thanks.